Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. So a lot to talk about today. Uh, not the best way to start a podcast, but pretty startling uh, bit of information from the News Observer uh, with an article that says North Carolina is no longer cons- considered or classified as a democracy. Uh, so that's pretty startling. Um, if you're interested, you could definitely check out the article uh, from the News Observer. Um, not good, to say the least. Um, then it was interesting because apparently the fan that caught the silver medal at the World Juniors competition from the captain from Sweden actually ended up giving the medal back. Um, it was actually his mother (laughs) that was higher up in the crowd that came down to get it from that fan, and the fan, to his credit, actually gave the medal back. A pretty crazy story from the World Juniors. And then there was this, on the east side of Toronto, there was a power outage with this security camera actually caught the explosion uh, that was due to all of the rain and salt uh, getting in there um, and causing the power outage. Uh, This was near Dundas and Broadview, uh, so pretty crazy situation there. Obviously the weather impacting power in parts of Toronto there, and that was just a few days ago. then uh, some other things to talk about, uh, Loblaw's gift card program began uh, January 8th, uh, so we did mention that on the podcast before. Um, if you are in Canada and you got screwed over by the 13-year bread fixing scam that Loblaws was doing, uh, you could be sure to register for your $25 gift card. I already have, it's really easy. You basically just put your name, your address, whether or not you've purchased different types of bread there, which I'm sure you have, because pretty much every type of bread that they sell at Loblaws was listed. Um, and your your address, as I was saying, um, how many adults are in the household, etc. cetera. Um, and then eventually through their screening process, you would be getting that $25 gift card supposedly. Um, I would say that when I get mine, I'll probably actually show it on the show um, <laughs> just because I think, as most Canadians are, pretty pissed off about what Loblaws did, fixing the bread prices, uh, it, it'll be a little bit of satisfaction to be able to show that here on the podcast, so I'll definitely do that when I do receive it. If I receive it, we'll see. I'm just kidding. I'm, I should be receiving it. Um, then an interesting brain dropping, we are a speck of dust and the fate of the universe hinges on us. So uh, really interesting thought that I've seen recently where, you know, in terms of the universe, we're considered to be just a speck. Um, but at the same time, your actions can have so many consequences, positive or negative. Uh, so very interesting uh, idea, I thought. Uh, and to kind of go along with that, uh, the forces of good relative to the forces of evil are always around 50.1% versus 49.9%. So the future of the world depends upon a single individual's actions. Uh, I think that's a pretty interesting perspective as well. Um, then it was interesting, I was reading online, a lot of people are of the opinion that there should be a female James Bond, that it's time for a female James Bond, and I was joking saying 007, seven cents on the dollar, Jane Bond, she's open for hyphenation, 
and she's in need of a vacation. <laughs> I know I'm going to get slammed for that, but I thought it was funny. Uh, then I was saying, you know, what's next? A male Wonder Woman? I don't think we really need that. Uh, then I was also reading some thoughts about, uh, especially with it just being Christmas, the idea of a black Santa. And I gotta say, like, I'm cool with, you know, the idea of a black Santa, but theoretically, I would just consider the fact that because he's living in the North Pole, he would most likely be white as shit, probably whiter than me. Um, there's no sun up there, it's freezing cold, and, you know, if there was a black Santa, I'm sure he would tell his elves to make vitamin D and some blow so he can stay up for two nights delivering toys. Uh, so again, just a silly joke. Um, then I was saying, I love how Trump is removing immigrant taxpayers as he's also lowering taxes for corporations. Just who the fuck do middle Americans think is going to foot this fucking trillion dollar bill, twenty over $20 trillion uh, debt, national debt that exists in the U.S.? Uh, hashtag wake the fuck up. So, you know, eventually I hope Americans realize that, but I don't think they do. So, you know, until they do, they'll continue to be paying higher and higher taxes. Uh, then The Intercept had an interesting article uh, this is from Sean King. Uh, yes, that Sean King. I don't. I don't know. I'll probably receive hate mail for that too. Um, breaking news: New Jersey prisons have now banned the new Jim Crow. This is a gross overreach of power. So basically, New Jersey prisons banning a book that talks about mass incarceration of minorities due to possession of marijuana. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm sure the people that are in prison don't need that book to know that uh, they live it but it's very disappointing that New Jersey prisons would be banning any book let alone that book in particular uh, so again that article on the intercept uh, then I had a lot of really weird brain dropping so forgive me on this episode for this but uh, one of the brain droppings I had was imagine being a new immigrant in the north during the Civil War in America, getting off the boat and being told to grab a gun and go die and you don't even know what for. Um, I'm sure that that had to have been the situation for some people. Then there was this. This was insane. Uh, this is from H&M. And this is one of those things where you look at it and in your mind you're just thinking, how the hell did this get approval all the way up the chain? Because for it to get this far, it had to have gotten approval going up the chain of command of people that are in charge of that clothing company, of the store itself. Um, it, it's insane. Uh, so there's a sweater that says, coolest monkey in the jungle. And they not only do they sell it, but then they advertise it with a young African-American boy wearing it. Um, it's it's so mind-blowingly racist and fucking stupid that I'm laughing not because of the racist element, I'm laughing at how stupid the executives are at H&M that actually allowed for this to happen because it blew back in a horrible way on them. Uh, not just from my reaction to it, which was just fucking really H&M, uh, but also they lost ties with uh, the artist The Weeknd. Uh, which is a huge, huge opportunity lost for them. 
uh, I don't think it's anything lost for the weekend, and I applaud the weekend for doing that um, because this is unbelievably racist, and it's just insane that it made it this far. Um, and again, you know, what I laugh when I look at this is not because I'm laughing at the racism in it. I'm laughing at the executives that were stupid enough to approve this, the designer of it, etc. Um, it's just you couldn't write a sketch of something this stupid on like Saturday Night Live or something. It's that crazy. Uh, then there was this uh, making fun of Rusev on the newlywed show. And this guy with the beard would be Rusev if you're a wrestling fan. It would help if I played the audio. <laughs> so let's bring him back. Last of our five-point questions. Girls, tell me where specifically is the weirdest place that you personally, girls, have ever gotten the urge to make whoopee? Um. <laughs> So that was really funny, obviously, because they were saying that this was Rusev with the beard, uh, and this was his first wife. <laughs> and obviously this is going back to, it's a real inside joke for wrestling fans because uh, Rusev was on a show uh, with his, his real-life wife, Lana, and uh, they were talking about Whoopi. And that was the question, basically. Where was the weirdest place that you have ever had whoopee? And that was the joke. So uh, pretty funny stuff there. Um, then another interesting uh, quote that I found. Uh, this is actually from Tom Brady, uh, surprisingly. Uh, but it says, Fate whispers to the warrior, you cannot withstand the storm. The warrior whispers back, I am the storm. Uh, so I thought that, that was a pretty cool quote from Tom Brady of all people. Uh, then there was this, uh, snails have teeth and this is how they eat. Uh, so it shows a snail being fed something and the gif doesn't appear to want to work. It was working earlier, ironically. Uh, oh, here we go, perfect. So yeah, pretty creepy gif there. Um, and then John Morosi tweeted out that the Astros and the Pirates have discussed Garrett Cole and trade talks. Sure enough, that trade is going to be going through. I'm not sure all of the pieces connected to it yet because it's happening right now, but apparently it is going to happen. My response to that is as if the defending World Series champions needed to get any better. Uh, it's just crazy, really. Um, then uh, an interesting story and a rare victory for Democrats, uh, in my opinion. Uh, Matthew Chapman tweeting out, it's official. Democrats have enough votes to force the Senate Republicans to cast an up or down vote to save net neutrality. Now every senator's position will be on record. Now this is interesting because specifically of that point. I don't believe that because there's a vote that it will avoid passing, I'm sure it still will, but it will put so much focus on the Republican senators uh, that vote for, uh, you know, not saving net neutrality. 
So it's an interesting political move, and I think it's a victory for the Democrats, who haven't had that many victories uh, really in the last year or so. Uh, then there was this, and it shows up actually pretty well on the screen. This was a really creepy picture that I f saw online uh, that I had to share on the show because it's just, it's surreal, and it looks like something of like a nightmare scenario. Um, it's actually showing the CN Tower like toppled over the highway. You see the Sky Dome, uh, Rogers Center in the background too. Uh, it's just a really, really creepy image um, that, you know, I wanted to share with you guys because I just found it so creepy. Um, then Tim and Sid were talking a lot about uh, Johnny Manziel possibly going to the Tiger Cats in Hamilton uh, for the CFL. And he's, his camp, Johnny Manziel's camp, has given the Tiger Cats until January 31st to offer a fair deal. Or, quote, they will turn their focus to several other professional options readily available. Now, to me, that would be the XFL. Um, so, in my opinion, I don't really think Manziel is going to sign with the Tiger Cats. I think he's just going to wait f to get paid by Vince McMahon uh, and be the face of the XFL. But we'll see what happens. Uh, then another random brain dropping I had, I said, how exactly would gender fluid pronouns work in foreign languages where there's a masculine and a feminine version of nouns? I said, it doesn't seem well thought out. For example, zur presidente, uh, just a stupid joke I had. Uh, then this was hilarious. So this was an, uh, a news article uh, in New Orleans, <laughs> which I thought was absolutely savage. It says the Panthers already have a new owner, the New Orleans Saints. I thought that that was hilarious. Uh, then there was this. I didn't even know that Nokia made this phone. Uh, but this was a phone that was actually really small. This was back in the day when, you know, small was in. Uh, Nokia made a phone this small, so small that they actually designed numbers around it, uh, which I thought was pretty crazy. Uh, then Ross Story tweeted out that a Kansas Republican lawmaker says black people can't handle marijuana because of their genetics. And my response to that is, what? That is so ridiculous. Uh, and again, you can see that on rawstory.com. Uh, then another interesting thing I found, Microsoft Surface laptops and tablets are not recommended because they break down within two years. Uh, this was according to consumerreports.org. Uh, then, also on January 8th, uh, I was dying laughing because I was watching the Leafs game and the Raptors game like on a split screen, and I was dying laughing because of the spotlight that kept going off, and it happens a lot in Leafs games where I guess the person that's in charge of it thinks that the Leafs scored, even though they didn't, that happened in that game, and then almost at the exact same time I noticed that Damari Carroll is still not playing against the Toronto Raptors. Uh, so I had just was dying laughing because both of those things almost happened simultaneously when I was watching the two games. Uh, then I was watching something and somebody was saying that them getting a tattoo was a ritualistic scarification. And I was just thinking to myself, like, get the fuck out of here. Like, that's such a stupid thing to call getting a tattoo, trying to make it sound like something more than it is. Uh, then there was this... Uh, article tweeted by Joe Rogan from the BBC 
uh, chicken grows a face of a dinosaur, uh, so a chicken embryo with a dinosaur-like snout instead of a beak has been developed by scientists. That is one of the creepiest things I've ever seen or heard, and it looks very, very much like, uh, you know, the beginning of a Jurassic Park movie or something. Like, this is some creepy stuff. Um, man, like, that is freaky. Uh, then I had a lot of thoughts about the Raptors game as I was talking about against the Nets. Uh, that night, I thought that the referees were letting Brooklyn get away with murder. Uh, I thought the referees did an absolutely shitty job in that game because things really deteriorated as the game got on, then went into overtime. Um, and I thought the referees, if they had just done their job and made calls for fouls right away, things wouldn't have deteriorated to where they did. And it's horrible because, number one, I think everybody's to blame. I think, number one, the referees are to blame because they should have made more calls, uh, which would have prevented further escalation in the game, especially towards the end. I, I, I wonder what the hell the Brooklyn Nets were doing in that game, because the last time I checked in the standings, they're close to the fucking bottom. Um, and also, I blame the Raptors, too, because, again, they're playing the Brooklyn Nets, who are close to the bottom of the standings. First of all, the game never should have been that close. Um, but second of all, I don't understand why they were pushing so hard towards the end of the game. They're second in the East. They're three games ahead of, of uh, Cleveland, or at least they were at that point. And why are you playing in a way that will result in injury, which did for Kyle Lowry, um, and in a way that will get you players kicked out, which happened last night with Ibaka uh, against Miami. It's just it's weird to me to see the Raptors play this way uh, because in a lot of ways, it's this type of play that results in their injuries which results in the results that they get in the playoffs. Um, I'm probably more frustrated with Kyle Lowry than anybody uh, because of how he got injured, um, it could have easily been prevented by himself. And it seems like he always plays this way so that he can get himself injured and he has an excuse why he doesn't make it that far. Um, and maybe that's just my perspective, but it continues to happen. He'll get injured in the middle of the season, usually in a game like this one against Brooklyn, which doesn't matter. Uh, and all of a sudden he's got an excuse, oh, you know, I came back late in the season and I wasn't feeling myself and all this, you know, he has a back injury. Supposedly he'll be back for the game against Cleveland on Thursday. Uh, we'll see, you know, we'll see if he does play and if he does play, can he still shoot threes properly or is his lower back going to seize up on him as he's trying to shoot threes? I just find it pathetic really that the Raptors do this to themselves constantly. Um, and in a way, I also blame the coaching staff too, including Dwayne Casey. Uh, I know NBA head coaches, they tend to argue with referees a lot, but I just find Dwayne Casey to be arguing almost everything. And I think in a way that's, that's cost the Raptors more than anything because I don't think the referees have any respect for Casey for the Raptors players, 
save for maybe DeMar DeRozan because now he's getting the odd call, but it's absolutely nuts to me to, to almost every time you see Dwayne Casey when they cut to him, it's him arguing with the referee, and you can tell the referees just do not have any respect for him. Um, and it's crazy. You know, one of the things that stood out for me in that Brooklyn game too was Ty Domi was in the crowd of all people, so of course he was enjoying it, and I was dying laughing when I saw that. Um, but again, like to me, somebody needs to remind the Nets that they're the fucking Nets, and they are where they are in the standings. Why are they playing so hard? And somebody needs to tell the Raptors that they're playing the Nets. Why are they injuring themselves playing so hard? You know that was basically my takeaway from that game. Uh, but all of this was going on on Monday. Also, what was going up on on Monday, of course, Monday Night Raw. It wouldn't be a Papa John's brain-dropping podcast without my takeaways for Monday Night Raw and SmackDown Live. So this episode, I'm going to be talking about both. Uh, for Monday Night Raw, I was joking. I was saying, I'm waiting for Maury to get involved for the road to WrestleMania to reveal that Jason Jordan's real father is actually Maven. That would be hilarious to me if they actually did that. Uh, we haven't seen Maven for a while, but I think it would be great because you could set up a Kurt Angle versus Maven matchup for WrestleMania for custody of Jason Jordan. That would be, that would be better than anything creative's been making lately. Uh, then uh, it was interesting because Jason Jordan with uh, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns he was calling that group the Champions Club. Uh, to me, I think that group, group should be called the Babysitter's Club because uh, Seth and Roman are babysitting Jason Jordan. Uh, then I love this WWE creative humor was saying both Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy are laughing at our booking. Uh, I think that's true. And then I was noticing uh, later on on Raw, Elias, when he was playing his song, it was basically... Pearl Jam's Yellow Leadbetter song, if you listen to it. Uh, it's very interesting that basically his song was just a cover of that. Even the lyrics, like the way he was singing the lyrics, was very much like that. Uh, then, of course, The Miz came back. Uh, I was shocked more than anything to find out that they've spent money on six Marine movies now. Uh, it's like The Fast and the Furious if they went straight to DVD and Blu-ray. <laughs> And then I was saying, you know, to me it would have been better if, if Miz turned face on Miz TV and asked Dallas and, and Curtis Axel, uh, just what the hell did you two accomplish when I was gone? Because really they haven't done shit as the Miz tries. Um, and another thing I was wondering is like, why is the Miz so stuck on the Intercontinental Championship? He needs to aim a little bit higher, especially in my opinion, you know, uh, the Rolling Stone calls him the wrestler of the year. And instead of going after the Universal Championship or going into the Royal Rumble match, he's calling out Roman Reigns. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, then, of course, the Balor Club showed up on Monday Night Raw, and I was saying the Balor Club to me is like the NWO, if the NWO wasn't cool. Um, I don't know, something about the Balor Club just doesn't interest me at all. They're very boring. Uh, you know, honestly, I think if you put... Gallows and Anderson with AJ Styles, I think that's a better group, just because AJ Styles is more believable as that kind of like tweener type character. Uh, Finn Balor just isn't that. 
you know, and, and, and Finn Balor, you know, with the leather jacket trying to be cool. I, I don't think anybody, including the higher-ups at WWE, buy into it. Uh, he was better off just being the demon, if you ask me. Uh, then, honestly, like, I'm, I'm over Brock Lesnar. I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm so done with him. They had him as the champion for a year last year. Then he lost to Goldberg. Then he won the title back. Uh, he's been holding it ever since. Like, t- and, and you know, the whole time he's just part time. You barely ever see him. Like to me, I just wonder. Like, do people still give a shit about Brock Lesnar? Um, half the time I forget he's even still on the roster, or that there's a universal championship. So to me, the charm has easily worn out I think you could argue that it wore out a year ago um, you know and, and you know as soon as Goldberg beat him that pretty much killed him if you ask me and it killed the charm because you know when Paul Heyman comes out and says oh you know nobody can beat Brock Lesnar one-on-one it's like uh, Goldberg did you know and Goldberg didn't even wrestle for like over a decade so, you know, it, it's, it, I don't know, to me it's just, it's grown stale, and it's grown so stale that whoever does eventually beat Brock Lesnar, whether it's Strowman or Roman Reigns, I honestly don't think anyone's going to give a shit. I know I won't. Um, and it's not like it adds anything for that, for that you know. Um, same thing with the WWE Championship. I mean, I, I really like AJ Styles, but the way that he beat Jinder Mahal it took away from the title if you ask me I think Jinder Mahal should have been continued to be built up as champion should have maybe lost the championship at Wrestlemania because I do think they were getting something uh, with Jinder Mahal in terms of like the heat that he was getting Um, but now it's like you know are you getting the same heat from Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn I don't think so Um, you know do the fans love AJ Styles yes but that's why it probably should have been Jinder Mahal defending the title against AJ Styles at WrestleMania, not having it happen so early and having AJ Styles win the championship. Uh, just the booking decisions lately have been, in my opinion, really bad. Uh, and just to add to that, like a lot of times I'm watching something happen in, in the WWE and I'm thinking to myself, like, what would I do differently to just make this moment better, let alone, you know, looking far out but uh, for me for Monday Night Raw I think Paul Heyman could have had a much better promo if he said people don't want to face Brock Lesnar I mean look at The Miz he just came back and he's so scared of Lesnar he's going after the Intercontinental Championship not the Universal Championship so like to me that would have been a much better promo and even greater proof of the fact that people are afraid of facing Brock Lesnar instead of oh he's undefeated nobody can beat him Goldberg did you know like it's really a stupid promo which is saying something because usually I really enjoy Paul Heyman's promos uh then I was saying even Nia Jax understands that Asuka doesn't speak English so why do they keep letting her use the mic then um and then switching over to politics for a second Bill Maher had a really good tweet he said to those who say Pence would be worse have you read Fire and Fury the Trump presidency is a revolver with four chambers. We know one was empty because we actually got through 2017. Do you want to keep playing Russian huh, roulette? I think that's a good tweet. 
Uh, Uberfax tweeted out, 12% of Americans think Joan of Arc was Noah's wife. That's actually down. It used to be 40%. Um, but that still says a lot about how stupid some Americans can be. Uh, speaking of stupid, uh, Adam Huish, uh, DSO, probably didn't pronounce that right, but sorry. Uh, this was uh, a gif of Matt and Bray laughing uh, as Beavis and Butthead. Uh, Matthew from Botchamania tweeted out, Remember all the out there stuff Broken Matt did in TNA? Well, he's doing it in WWE too, like laughing and laughing some more. And that's true. This is another example of a situation where the fans were so excited to see the Broken Matt Hardy character in the WWE and they just squandered it. You know, uh, there was so much excitement the first promo that they did, and then there was some laughter, and people really dug that, and then it just became laughter and laughter and laughter, and, la- and people were just like, this is fucking stupid now. Uh, then Kevin Peter Hickerson tweeted out, scientists moved the American flag at the South Pole against the backdrop of a brilliant southern summer uh, sky. Uh, the snow shifts every year, so the flag just move, must move as well uh, to point out the geographic location bottom of the earth. Uh, so pretty cool imagery there. Uh, speaking of cool imagery, this was Winter Colors uh, from At Earth Picks, and it almost looks like the, the mountain there, uh, the Universal Paramount, uh, excuse me, the Paramount Pictures, I should say, uh, imagery there. Speaking of imagery, more imagery, uh, this is from, believe it or not, Fox News. Uh, for only the second time in over 30 years, uh, snow uh, has landed on the Sahara Desert. But again, no such thing as climate change. Uh, at Uberfax tweeted out, the idea of Spider-Man's costume becoming a villain was created by a fan in 1982 and Marvel acquired his idea for $220 and went on to create Venom. Uh, so that's hilarious to me. A uh, character that they're actually going to end up making a spin-off movie about that they've actually had in Spider-Man movies before, Venom, this guy that had the idea for it, only got paid $220 uh, from Marvel for it. So that's pretty crazy. Even crazier was this, and this actually will mess with a lot of people's childhood uh childhood's uh i guess that's how you say it um rugrats animated this is from uberfax made animations that showed tommy giving angelica a cup of water mixed with dog food and drano Stu verbally abusing the household and making sexual remarks to angelica and angelica stroking Stu's testicles and ancestral sex scenes um what the fuck <laughs> like that is some really crazy stuff. Um, I don't know how Uberfax found out about that either, but that's some pretty creepy stuff. Uh, then, as we talked about, the Raptors game against Brooklyn, uh, Kyle Lowry sustained a bone bruise on his tailbone and is considered day-to-day, so it's likely that he will play tomorrow's game against the Cleveland, Cleveland uh, Cavaliers, but we'll see. Um, and again, you know, I just shake my head, like, because of a game against the lowly Brooklyn Nets, and, you know, you look at the next game that they had against Miami, if Lowry was in the lineup, I'm pretty sure they would have won, 
uh, they ended up losing by a point and um, yeah you know like I hope it was worth getting injured over um, then Bob McKenzie tweeted out that Cody Franzen first of all I was shocked that Cody Franzen went on waivers and it kind of shows you like the kind of crazy season that Chicago's had uh, they actually uh, had a healthy scratch for Seabrook who's won multiple Stanley Cup championships uh, so I don't know what Chicago's doing right now. It seems like they're just, you know, panicking, um, and rightfully so, I guess. Like they're close, to, they're not having a good season. But uh, you know, I was shocked that they put Cody Franzen on waivers. I was shocked that Cody Franzen cleared waivers, and I was even more disappointed that the Leafs need a right-handed defenseman, and they let Franzen clear waivers. What the fuck? Like that makes no sense to me whatsoever. Uh, but going into a little bit of a lighter note uh, in hockey, uh, Sharks players apparently were talking about how it's cold, dark, and there's no Wi-Fi in Winnipeg. Uh, so I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, going back into politics, $306 billion in weather disaster cost to the U.S. government in 2017, which was a record. Uh, but, you know, there's no such thing as climate change. Uh, then Paul Maurice had a response uh, in regards to what the Sharks had to say about Winnipeg, and I thought it, that it was brilliant. Occasionally, pretty regularly every winter. So I wanted to play it it's for you guys. Night. Okay, so I, I didn't read it, so it's, it's dangerous to comment on the, on the exact. I heard it's cold and dark. Well, that happens in Canada occasionally, pretty regularly every winter. It's dark at night, yeah, that happens pretty much around the world. I don't think any coach, any player, trainer referee should ever complain about a day in the National Hockey League. You know, we got a sold-out building. Pretty sure that all goes into hockey-related revenues and everybody cashes their check. The thread count at your hotel isn't right or your Frappuccino isn't froth, right? I don't even know what a Frappuccino is. But my point being, <laughs> we got nothing to complain about. Pretty good life every day. Every city is pretty darn good one. So I thought that that was a brilliant perspective from Paul Maurice, who I already have a lot of respect for as a coach when he was the coach for the Maple Leafs. But, uh, yeah, like, I think his perspective's right. You know, if you're an NHL player, coach, anybody associated with the NHL, every city is a great city because they all bring in revenue. You know, you're, you're cashing your check, as he said. I thought that that was really good perspective. Um, then, on a, on a much darker note, I read the other day that Stan Lee of Marvel Comics is being accused of sexual abuse, uh, and, like, to me, again, like, almost every pod, it's been a while, so, of course, they had to catch up, uh, you know, Stan Lee, I, I've talked about on the podcast before having respect for him, but again, like, if this is true, which it appears to be, uh, you know, that's yet another person that I had respect for that I've now lost respect for. Um, and you just, you know, you keep wondering, like, who's going to be next? Like, it's just crazy. Uh, then, uh, speaking of losing respect, this is the opposite. I actually gained more respect for LeBron James, who tweeted out, I hope the homie Kyle Lowry is straight, thinking about UG uh, with the prayers emoticon. So... Uh, I thought it was interesting LeBron James showing some love and respect to Kyle Lowry who left the Brooklyn arena in a wheelchair actually 
after the lower back injury. Um, then as a, another random brain dropping, and I know I've had a lot of those on this podcast, this won't be the last one. Uh, what's wrong with this world? Perspective. We celebrate a list of the richest people in the world instead of looking at who are the poorest and trying to elevate them. Uh, to me, when this is happening, it shows that society has become very ill, and I very strongly believe that. Um, and, and to the same point, apparently uh, former Prime Minister Stephen Harper's son uh, took to Twitter and really showed the type of asshole that he is uh, by saying that minimum wage, we might as well make it a million dollars in the most sarcastic uh, way. And uh, in my opinion, I think that somebody that's that privileged and that much of a fuckhead uh, you know, when homelessness gets solved in Canada, then he can crack jokes like that. But until then, uh, I think he should just keep his mouth shut uh, with stupid things like that. Uh, and, you know, to add to that, even if minimum wage was a million dollars, you'd still have trouble buying a house in Toronto. Uh, so what does that tell you about your society and what somebody like your dad, Stephen Harper, was able to do for Canada, uh, making so much inequality in Canada uh, as you're making fun of people that don't have the means that you do. Uh, so that's, you know, it's, it's to me unbelievable to see somebody like that that has so much privilege that's never going to have to worry about spending money or his finances a day in his life. Uh, putting down people that work their ass off, doing minimum wage jobs, uh, you know, trying to make ends meet uh, in a society where, you know, education is more and more expensive, uh, it's harder to get a job, it's harder to keep a job, it's harder to pay your bills, it's harder to buy a house, to own a house, all these things, and you've got the balls to tweet, uh, oh, why don't we just make minimum wage a million dollars? That's all I've got to say about that. That's just, you know, some things that you say, there's nothing that even has to be said about it. It speaks for itself, you know. Uh, and if you want to see how ugly somebody can be, Harper's son, in one post, one tweet, showed how ugly he is, uh, in my opinion. Um, and that's that, you know. Um, then there was an image by Paul Jones showing the Raptors' Kyle Lowry leaving Barclays Center uh, in a wheelchair, uh, to which I had to crack a joke, and this is the ugliness in me. Uh, the wheels have fallen off of the Raptors' season. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I thought that that was pretty funny. Uh, then a lot of attention was made uh, for... The, the Ball brothers playing in Lithuania. Uh, there was over 120,000 people that watched them play live on Facebook. And uh, it was hilarious because everybody was saying, oh, you know, they played so well. Yeah, because their team was playing a youth team. That's why they played so well. Uh, so it's hilarious to me that no one was paying attention to that. Uh, then Rachel Nichols tweeted out uh, from the jump, DeMar DeRozan says on the Woj podcast that he and Kyle Lowry barely spoke their entire first season together, 
uh, Scottie Pippen's not shocked because he said the same thing happened between him and Michael Jordan with the Bulls. And my response to that is, Demar and Kyle are hardly Scottie and Michael, Rachel. Like, I'm a Raptors fan, and I'm saying that. It's not even close to making that comparison. Uh, then there's a rumor that came out yesterday that the Toronto Maple Leafs should go after uh, Carlson from the Senators. I think that that rumor is absolutely nuts, and I hope that they don't. Uh, number one, because it's going to cost them a hell of a lot to get Carlson, and I don't think that Carlson's worth it. If Carlson was worth it, uh, Carlson would have won a Stanley Cup with the Senators. He's not a good enough player. Um, is he a great player? Yes. Is he one of the best defensemen in the NHL? Yes. Would he be a great player to draft? Absolutely. Is he a good player to trade who knows how much out of your organization to get? Absolutely not. Uh, especially with what the Leafs have been trying to do. They've been trying to do a rebuilding process. Well, part of that process is waiting. Uh, you know, just because they were lucky enough to get Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and William Nylander and all of these players drafted and they've developed faster than most people thought they would doesn't mean that you just automatically hit a trade button and move other assets that you're trying to build with just so you can press fast forward um, that usually never works out it certainly never works out for the Maple Leafs when they do it I think that they should see what they can do with what they have. I honestly think that they have more to worry about with James Van Riemsdyk than they do about getting a defenseman because James Van Riemsdyk continues to be very quietly one of their top point producers again. Uh, his contract's coming to an end. The May Police are going to have a tight enough salary cap thanks to their beautiful signing of Frederick Anderson uh, to such a crazy contract. Uh, and then, of course, they have to sign Matthews, Nylander, and Marner. Uh, will they have the cap space to keep Van Riemsdyk? Should they trade him at the deadline? Should they keep him and then risk losing him for nothing? Uh, all of those are questions that will have to be answered. Um, and it's a weird situation because even for me, I'm not quite sure what I would do if I was in charge of the Leafs. Uh, I, I think... One thing that I would do is I would probably lean towards keeping Van Riemsdyk. Uh, I know you run the risk of losing him for nothing, but uh, he's been such an important part of the team. Uh, I don't think you, you give him up to get a defenseman. I don't think you give him up to get picks. Uh, I think you keep him to see what you can do with him. You know, you try your best to re-sign him, but if that doesn't work, then you know, you have to make decisions after that. Uh, so then there was an article in the USA Today that says the bubonic plague in Arizona, fleas found carrying the infectious disease, and even worse, three people contracted the plague in New Mexico this year. Uh, so some pretty crazy uh, information there from the USA Today. Uh, then WWE Creative Humor tweeted out about SmackDown Live, Sami Zayn's new character, is basically what would happen if cocaine came to life. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, then I was saying about SmackDown Live, uh, Ty Dillinger talking to Creative, why aren't I getting TV time? And Creative telling him, we wanted to give Naomi and Charlotte separate entrances even though it's not even their match. 
I honestly don't understand what they're doing with that. Other than killing time and taking up spots from people like Ty Dillinger. Uh, then I was saying this mixed match challenge is getting creepier and creepier how they reveal uh, you know, the partners to each other. It's like matchmakers playing matchmakers. It's pretty creepy stuff. Uh, people that have maybe seen too many movies and stuff like that. Uh, then WWE Creative Humor had a really good tweet. Uh, saying it's the Ascension versus the Ascension in six months, uh, talking about uh, Luke Harper and Eric Rowan, uh, the Bludgeon Brothers is their, their tag team name. Uh, some matches aren't worth the time it takes for the superstars to get to the ring, and this was one of them, talking about the Ascension versus the Bludgeon Brothers. Uh, I'm going to politics, uh, David Sirota tweeting out that there's a new report uh, the Trump administration just quietly waived punishment for five banks whose affiliates were convict convicted in an interest rate scheme. One of the banks that got a waiver was Deutsche Bank, which Trump owes at least $130 million to. Uh, so, you know, even creepier information coming up about the Trump administration. This is from the IB Times. Uh, then WWE Creative Humor tweeted out, As 2018 begins, I now care about a lesser tighter, so you know, things are going great, as a quote from Jinder Mahal. And I was saying that that's a lot like The Miz, as I was talking about earlier. Uh, then I found it interesting with Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable of yet another example of superstars that were supposed to be faces that act like heels instead. It's like the WWE just doesn't know how to make uh, good guys anymore. Um, and it's funny because right before that they were showing moments from Raw 20 years ago and you realize how it was light years better than the shit that they have on now, especially Stone Cold Steve Austin in the back of the cop car staring out at Vince McMahon. Uh, it's the kind of touch that superstars nowadays they just don't do and it's partly why the product has become as boring as it has. Uh, last, this past week's Raw's ratings were actually down and I'm not surprised because it was a boring episode. And it's pretty sad because they're two weeks away from their 25th anniversary uh, and just three weeks away really from the Royal Rumble. So uh, it, it really speaks to how everything has been so stale and so boring and it seems like they've just mailed it in when usually this is the time of year where things start to pick up. So. You know, unless they're planning on things to really start to pick up at the Royal Rumble itself, uh, it's just been very boring, Raw and SmackDown. Uh, then, as I was watching SmackDown, I was watching, uh, they had an ad for FX has a new show about the assassination of Versace, which comes after uh, a series that they had about O.J. Simpson. I was saying that I wonder if their next show will be about the shooting of Tupac Shakur because it just seems like they're going to these extreme uh, celebrity things like that. Uh, then the Financial Times tweeted out that Kodak, uh, yes that Kodak, now wants to be a cryptocurrencies and blockchain company and their stock actually rose significantly uh, when that information came out and I found that to be absolutely hilarious because I think Kodak and the market are doomed to fail with this and there will be no second Bitcoin because Bitcoin itself seems to have its own flaws, including the fact that t at times of high trade, you may not be able to even buy or sell your Bitcoin, 
which to me totally defeats the purpose of having it and is kind of a scam, if you ask me. Uh, so WWE Creative Humor tweeted out, vote for Carmella's partner, uh, cut to real Ellsworth, uh, trying to create a write-in campaign, and I think that would be hilarious if they did that. Um, then there was another uh, good thing that I read uh, that I thought was good. In poker, like in life, you can have the worst hand and still win the pot. I thought that, that was a really good tweet. And then I was watching uh, Peter Schiff on Joe Rogan's podcast, and he's an economist that I, I was interested to hear his thoughts on a lot of things because I don't think he's that far off on a few things. There's a few things where I think that he is, but uh, some of the things that he said that I thought were interesting is he said, I'd rather have no vote and no taxes than vote for who takes taxes from me, uh, which I thought was interesting. He also said he thinks that the next bubble to burst will be the U.S. dollar thanks to the years of low interest rates. So uh, it's interesting because Peter Schiff was a guy that actually predicted the uh, housing crash that took place. And uh, back then, interest rates were the same low rates for about a year and a half. Uh, you fast forward to what he's predicting now, and it's a res it would be as a result of low interest rates for seven to eight years. Um, so I do think he might be onto something with that. Uh, and he was also pointing out that he doesn't believe the government's information about inflation. Uh, if you look at the actual cost of items in the store, uh, he doesn't think that the government's taking certain things into consideration when it comes to that. So uh, I, I think it'll be very interesting to see if what he thinks will be true. I wouldn't doubt it, uh, simply because of his track record. And what he was saying makes sense to me. Um, and it would be very scary if that does happen. Uh, one of the other things that he said, which I thought was interesting, is he said that there's now more U.S. jobs because they're all part-time. Because when the government forced companies to pay for health care for full-time employees, they cut their hours to make that employee part-time. And then for every one full-time job that used to be there, they've now created two part-time jobs. The person that was originally there plus the person that's making up for them with the new part-time job. So I thought that that was pretty interesting too. Um, but what's interesting is is that Trump campaigned about that. That was one of the few things that he campaigned that, that struck a chord with a lot of people is that he was saying when he was running, oh, you know, the stock exchange numbers, they don't matter. The unemployment rate, that's not real uh, because there's so many people that have stopped looking for work. Uh, that aren't being included. Fast forward to his presidency where he's saying that, oh, you know, look at the stock market numbers, they're the best they've ever been, the unemployment numbers are down. So now that he is the president, he's taking credit for those things. Uh, and it's funny because now, if the dollar does crash, uh, it will be on Donald Trump. Uh, so I think that that kind of illustrates the type of fool that he is where he was seemingly on the right side of things when he was running, but now that he's been in office and he's taking credit for the stock market, he's taking credit for the low unemployment numbers, uh, when things take a turn, which it seems like they will, uh, especially based on what Peter Schiff was saying, um, you know, there'll be nobody to blame but Trump. So uh, pretty interesting perspective that he had. Uh, then I found it interesting because I saw that there was an article from the New York Times that had an article saying uh, the decline of anti-Trumpism, uh, which I found interesting. 
you know, so, you know, this really starts to begin this idea of anti-Trumpism uh, fading away. And again, it just shows you how no matter what happens with Trump, uh, you know, nothing changes really. Uh, also, uh, interesting things that Peter Schiff brought up in the podcast, he was saying, we live in a world where a strip club can get shut down because it doesn't have a ramp for strippers to use a pole. And I don't know about you, but I've never been to a strip club featuring a stripper in a wheelchair. Uh, so I thought that that was pretty funny, actually. He also said same thing with golf courses that can't figure out how to become accessible. Uh, or a beach that can only be accessed by walking down a cliff with no stairs or ramp will have handicapped parking spaces in front of it, even though nobody in a wheelchair is ever going to be on that beach. Uh, he also pointed out an uh, interesting opinion that anti-discrimination laws have backfired. Uh, he points to the black teenage unemployment in the 1930s was lower than the white teenage unemployment, which is not the case today. Uh, is it that society is more racist now than they were in the 30s? He says no, the laws have actually backfired. Uh, so that's a pretty interesting perspective. Uh, he was also saying people go to college and university now and graduate with a mortgage without a house. Uh, so I thought that that was pretty interesting. And then he, he had some takes about Bitcoin. He was saying with Bitcoin, like with bad stocks, you can be wrong and still profit from being wrong as long as there are other fools who are also wrong. Uh, he continues to say, uh, a stock for a company that ultimately goes bankrupt, for example, people buy it early on, it goes up. Now the fact that it went up didn't mean that they were right in their ultimate bet, it just meant that the other people made the same mistake and paid an even higher price. Uh, then I woke up today to this story which I thought was hilarious considering the wrestler that it was. Uh, it says that Heath Slater was rescued after being trapped in an airplane bathroom. Uh, it could only be Heath Slater for something like that. Uh, then there was this, which I thought was hilarious. This was from Cole J. Bendel, uh, the Royal Rumble image. And it actually shows Jason Jordan with a TVPG image over his face. Uh, and they took from Monsters, Inc. an image of one of the characters with uh, the barcode over his face in a magazine. Uh, Uberfax tweeted out a software company once hit a $1,000 prize in its terms of service. After five months and over 3,000 sales, the prize was finally claimed. I thought that that was pretty hilarious. Uh, apparently, Ken Rosenthal tweeted out uh, the Marlins' Starlin Castro wants to be traded. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see if that happens because he doesn't want to be part of the rebuilding process with the Marlins like he was with the Cubs. Uh, another thing I found pretty funny, apparently Rodgers wanted the NHL to have their deadline at prime time. Uh, I'm glad Rodgers isn't in charge of the NHL, and I'm sure a lot of GMs are too. Uh, so Cole to the Astros, according to Ken Rosenthal, is, is close to happening. And this was pretty cool. This was uh, three Japanese international players uh, playing against 100 school children uh, lining up in a 30-30-30-10 formation. And we don't really need the audio for this. But it's pretty crazy. So all of the red jerseys there are all school children. And they outnumber the three international players by 97. 
So it's 100 school children against these three international players. And you can see that they've already made it all the way up the field. And then it kind of goes back and forth here. And here I kind of wonder if, if the international players were just kind of giving the kids a chance. I don't know if they were going at it 100% here. I think they were kind of playing with them. But it's pretty phenomenal, the fact that they made it that far up the field through 100 kids. It's almost like watching the movie 300 against like the thousands of, of uh, enemies. Here you see they try to kick it out of bounds, but the player goes and he gets the ball. And he's going to try to bring it back in. And there you see the header scores it and they have the smoke going up with the goal. So. Uh, pretty cool, ultimately. Like, even just the visual of it, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, and then I believe we will end with a pretty crazy story. Uh, this is from the nextweb.com about NASA having a $3 billion plan to drill into a volcano at Yellowstone uh, to try to save the U.S. Because if that volcano goes off, uh, it would actually be catastrophic, not just to the US, but it would create like uh, a nuclear winter around the world. Uh, so pretty crazy situation uh, that they would actually be considering doing that. That kind of shows you like how crazy it is. Um, but you know, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, that was something that was uh, talked about back in August, middle of August of last year. Uh, so we'll see if NASA actually ends up doing that in an attempt to try to save the world, attempt to try to save the U.S. from a huge super volcano. Uh, so I uh, appreciate you guys listening, watching as always. Uh, make sure you like, you know, watch, continue to watch, subscribe. Uh, we're continuing to get closer and closer to that 10,000 mark on YouTube. Uh, you know, love to see more subscribers uh, as well as we get closer to the 100 mark to, so we can name the channel. Uh, but as always, thank you guys for watching, for listening. We'll see you on the next episode.